This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Went to Mode Kings Meadow, the show that always misses the good stuff. Uh, with Halloween just around the corner, Brighton's early goal could have sent a fright to our fans and players, but something feels very different about the focus of the team this year. Uh, in Halloween spirit, Chelsea knocked on Brighton's door, hungry for sweets, and they eventually got their treat on the stroke of half-time when... Jerka? Maybe? Muskin? Yeah, I think that's yeah. okay. Good start. Uh, headed home. Uh, Chelsea got the scent, but an inspired Sophie Bagley kept the Blues at bay until the 52nd minute when Niskan got her second of the game. A hat-trick was confirmed in the 74th minute as Chelsea strengthened their grip on the game. Aggie Beaver-Jones confirmed the victory in the 82nd minute as Niskan this time turned provider. An AKB mistake in the final moments put a slight dampener on the day, but all in all, Chelsea dominated from start to finish and were well worth the win. Uh, and the title of the show tonight went to Mo King's Meadow episode one, number 109, is once, twice, three times Zerka Niskan. I was going to sing that, but given the way I thought I'd butcher their name, threw me off. Uh, now, there's no Jane or Dane this week, but I am joined uh, by uh, two people that have been on the show before uh, that you would have heard probably already. Uh, the first, Mr. Rich Bates. Rich, how are you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, good, thanks, Dean. Um yeah, a very good, well, a very good individual performance to discuss today um, from Shurka Niskan. Um, and yeah, it was a, in the end, I'll say in the end, after once we got to one and one, it was a, it seemed very, very comfortable, especially in the second half. Um, and yeah, looking forward to talk about it uh, in further detail. Yeah, we are joined to do that by Sophie Spittle. Sophie, good to see you again. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, as Rich said, looking forward to discussing uh, the game. Yeah, that, you're both at the game, I hope. Yep. Yep. So just for, for context, I wasn't at the game and I haven't been able to watch it back either. So I'm going off of uh, Chelsea's highlights. Uh, so luckily, two people that actually watch the game are here. Uh, so don't listen to me, listen to them uh, is my advice. 
Uh, now, remember, you can listen to the show live uh, normally every Tuesday, even though today's Wednesday at 8 p.m. And join in with the show via the live chat page by heading to mixlux.com and searching for Wetmo Kings Meadow. Um, we've all, already got Harry uh, listening in, who's sent me a link for future reference for, for Niskan's name. Uh, so um, I will master it at some point, uh, just not yet. And, and Ben's in as well. Um, now, on the show tonight, in part one, we're going to look at Emma Hayes' team selection as usual, uh, Brighton's shock opener, uh, Chelsea's response and Nuskin's brilliance, plus a cherry on the top in the form of now Aggie Beaver-Jones goal. And in part two, we're not actually going to say it, but I'm going to ask if Chelsea can, and then the rest is redacted. Um, so you might have to work that one out yourself. Uh, and we're going to do all that after this. Just get straight into it. Chelsea lined up for this one. Uh, I've written three four two one. Uh, Sophie, is that about right for the way they started? The way they started, yeah. At half time, it definitely went to a four four two. Yeah, so one thing right anyway. Uh, and catching Berger in goal, a back three of Millie Bright, Kadisha with Cannon, and Jess Carter. If Perise and Neve Charles played as wing backs with Sophie Ingle and Shirk and Niskin in the midfield with Lauren James and Frank Kirby. Supporting Sam Kerr in attack, Emma Hayes made full use of her five available substitutions. With Hannah Ritten Cameron replacing Buchanan at half time. In the 56th minute, Yelena Chankovic and Jesse Fleming came on for Kirby and James. And then in the 79th minute, Mia Fischel and Aggie Beaver Jones came on for Ingle and Kerr. That left to Churimusovic, Hannah Hampton, Ashley Lawrence, and Maren Mielder as the unused subs. Uh, Stats wise, Chelsea had 64% possession, 31 shots, 13 on target, 8 corners, and 4 fouls, 2 Brightons. 36 per possession, seven shots, four on target, three corners, and six fouls. Um, Rich, I suppose what we've been talking about at the start of every show for the past three weeks is Muzovic starting in goal, asking if she is uh, going to be Emma's first choice. Uh, and then in the fourth week, she puts AKB back in. Uh, what did you make of her inclusion more than anything? Well, uh, first off, I think if I was picking the team, I would almost always have uh, Anne in goal. I think she's the best uh, shot-stopping goalkeeper that we've got. And I'm a little bit old school. I kind of want my goalkeepers to be really good at saving shots. Um, And I think she's the best at that. Um, As for Emma's selection, yeah, I I can tell you week to week what she's going to do in goal. Um, I can tell you the reason why Berker came back in goal um, on Sunday. Um, and because I think Zachira played better or certainly played better last week um, at home to West Ham. Um, but yeah, um, I was much happier to see her in goal. Yeah, we're going to touch on her performance uh, a bit later on. Uh, but Sophie, I read a quote from Emma saying that Hannah was close to starting uh, and that this position is, is totally up in the air. Yeah, I'm not how true that is if it's just Emma being Emma boosting Hannah Hampson's confidence before she goes away with England or if it's actually true I guess we'll never actually know unless 
Emma does an Emma and starts her away at Villa, which isn't out of the realms of impossibility. She does like to play players against their old teams, doesn't she? So we'll see. Um, what week on Sunday, Saturday? Yeah, it was a. Uh... Well, she was on the bench, obviously, but I think that was because of injuries. There was a space for her. Um, was it though? Because Anik Nowen seems to be fit, but she hasn't made a bench all season. I don't know whether this is down to the the amount of players you can have in the WSL squad. Um, I think I know Harry's definitely been looking at it um, um, with regards to the homegrown quota and the amount of players you're allowed. So I don't know whether Anik's the victim of that. Um, I guess we'll see, you know, if she's maybe involved in the Champions League squads at some point. But, yeah, maybe that's a possible reason. I don't know. I haven't looked into it any further since since the start of the season. That could be the reason why. She was on the bench week one, no? Oh, yeah, she could have been. Um, Yeah, I actually don't remember. It's not great, but um, I'm sure she was on the bench for the first game of the season and and didn't come on. Uh, yeah, and obviously these questions don't get asked, Emma Hayes. Uh, so we are none the wiser. Um, there was a return, Rich, for uh, Buchanan, who we haven't seen on the pitch yet. Uh, she came in, uh, taken off at half time. Was that because of her performance or the setup changing at all? She was just a victim of that for fitness. Yeah, I, I think she was more a victim of the uh, of of the fact that Emma wanted to go to the back four more than her own performance. Um, I guess. The one thing I didn't know at the start of the game was they start with a back three and Kadisha was in the middle of the back three and Millie was, I think, to the right of it. Um, and then after the goal um, that Brighton scored, they actually switched and Millie went back to the centre and Kadisha went to the right. Um, and I think they were a little bit... And obviously, they were much better after we conceded. Um, I think there was the chance that Bremer had, uh, Pauline Bremer. Uh, that um, AKB say, but largely they were okay. But I think it was more down to the switch um, that Emma wanted to make at half time to get it to back four. And you know, usually if you want to change from a three to a four, you've got to, got the full the wing backs will just come back as a full as into full back positions, and then one of the centre backs will be sacrificed most likely. So I think it's just down to that really. Um, I think yeah, was, um, I, I wouldn't. I don't think there was. Um, Anything in particular that was problematic with her performance? Um, yeah, I think it's just because of the switch, really. Yeah, Harry's confirmed that uh, Nowen was on the bench in the first game. Okay. He got his spreadsheet up. Uh, so, not that reason, but maybe we'll find out. Um, Sophie, is that how you sort of canon? Because I know last week they put uh, Marin in the middle and Millie on the right, and they copied that again, obviously, decided that weren't the way to go pretty quickly. Yeah, there was definitely a swap. And I think when Buchanan moved out to the right, she was making passes into the right-hand side wing-back a lot better than Millie was. Millie's great at the long diagonal passes, but the same side passes she's not so good at. And Kadisha was definitely hitting Ev Perisette better with those passes when she moved across to the right-hand side than than Millie was before. So it it created more of an outlet for us. And I think it was definitely a positional switch rather than her position and it just cements what we've probably all thought that Jess Carter and Millie Bright are now our main two centre-backs at the club this season. Yeah, I mean they've looked, when when I've watched the games, they've looked the strongest partnership and uh, 
maybe it's just fitness for McCannon that she, you know, obviously only 45 minutes today. Uh, we'll see how she goes. I don't know the kind of the setup she's been called up. I'm assuming she has. Um, but one player that, that wasn't called up, Rich, was uh, if Perisay, who then gets a start um, in true Emma Hayes fashion. Um, but from the highlights, she looked like she was really involved in a lot of the good stuff we did going forward. Yeah, um, certainly uh, in the first half, um, I can remember there was, um, I'm trying to remember who, who took the chance. I think it was Sam um, towards sort of the latter stages of the first half. I think she um, um, she helped set up a chance for Sam um, and then that kind of sort of extended into the into the second half as well. Um, yeah, a player that I liked quite a lot last season. Um, obviously, Emma has brought in Ashley Lawrence and it seems like there's going to be sort of a big battle to play on that right-hand side uh, this season. Yeah, yeah, I thought she did pretty well. I think she just picked up from where she left off at the end of last season, just being her normal, steady, 7, 8 out of 10 every week um, player. And that's all you can ask, really, for a, a full-back in my eyes, is consistent consistent defending and the occasional... Um, What's the word? Can't think of the word. Uh, occasional offering. I'll use that word, but it's wrong. <laughs> in attack. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was you know, gonna gonna say. Do you think the the arrival of Lawrence's because what, what looked like from the highlights was a very good performance from from Perisay would have been in a player of the match poll if I'd done one uh, because Lawrence is there and I've not really been sold on Lawrence, but you know she knows that someone's there for her position now. She's got to step up when she's got the chance and. Would you say that position's hers for the next game? Well, this is Emma Hayes we're talking about here. Um, <laughs> really don't know. Um, I would I would probably play her um, away at Villa, especially given the fact that she's not been called up by France. Um, so I, I think that's slightly strange, but who am I to question her for an R? Um, but yeah, definitely given the fact that she's not going to be travelling, it would make sense that she starts away, especially for a Saturday lunchtime kickoff after an international break away at Villa, for sure. I also wonder if um, Neve Charles's performance have muddied the full-back, wing-back position a little bit, because I wonder, if, we know Ashley Lawrence can play both left and right-sided, and Neve Charles has arguably been bar player of the season so far. Um, and I wonder if that's sort of like um, maybe limited or, or, as I say, muddied the full waters that maybe Emma wasn't expecting Neve to be quite so good as she has been. Yeah, I wonder also if now Wrighton's going to be up for a considerable amount of time uh, with the boot that the wingbacks are going to stay uh, and allow James and, and Kirby, as they have been, to play sort of more centrally behind the striker. And, you know, whether we see, obviously, as you say, Charles has been the best player in the squad. Uh, at the start of the season, whether we see actually Lawrence given the chance on the left or not. Uh, as Rich says, this is Emma Hayes, so anything can and anything will happen uh, between now and the end of the season. Uh, there was a bright start from Chelsea Kirby hitting the bar, um, but it was Brighton that took the lead. Uh, it claims of offside for this, Rich. It, the camera angle is not great. Um, I don't know where you were, were sat or stood. I I can't help it. I was in the south stand, um, and none of the defenders uh, appealed for it. So I just assumed it was good from that. But yeah, I have I've heard people on the who were sitting in the west stand. Um, they were saying it was offside. Um, so I don't know. I think. Do you sit there, Sophie? I can't remember now. Um, I was in the south stand as well. So oh, I have okay. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, can't help with that one. 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually, you know, in the past, you know, Brighton's the last team that have beaten Chelsea at, at Kings Meadow. They've been that team for us. Was there any feeling, because Chelsea did start pretty well in the game, that this was going to be one of those afternoons or not at all? Um, to a degree. I mean, as I've said many times before, I'm a football pessimist. So when Sophie Bagley started having the game of her career, I was cursing. I said, how can a keeper that was so pants improve so much after a season for not playing for United. I was completely baffled. Um, so I thought it was going to be one of those games until Nuskin scored the equaliser and then I relaxed a little bit because it's perfect scoring going into halftime. And we'd had so many chances, the one that ratted around and hit the crossbar and came out and saved and stuff. We were definitely on top. Uh, so I was a little bit rela more relaxed once we, we scored the equaliser. Um, but up to that point, I was I was in full we're going to lose this Brighton with the last team to beat us. This has got Reading away at Reading vibes to it. So, uh, but as I say, I'm a football pessimist. So, yeah, Richie, same feelings, or was you optimistic that Chelsea were going to find their way? No, I was. I think I was. I was more optimistic in that we'd find our way. Um, I think the goal mouth scramble happening when it did was kind of sort of like evidence that I think we were eventually going to score. If that goal mouth scramble happens in we're like five minutes from time and it's still 1-0 to Brighton, then I'm probably thinking it's probably not going to be our day. But given the amount of time we still had left in the game, I was pretty confident we'd find a way through. Um, but yeah, of course, uh, past, um, well, Halloween's next uh, Tuesday and Brighton have been that team that have uh, scared us in the past. Um, so that's obviously in the back of your mind. But yeah, no, I think with the fact that we were creating chances and the amount of chances, good chances we were creating, I was, I was fairly confident we were going to score at some point. Yeah, and a lot of those chances, Sophie, came through Frank Kirby. And um, what, I, what I've watched of her, I, I thought she looked a little bit off the pace still, you know, not surprising given the amount of time she's been out. Did this feel like a game where she was the old Fran was back and she had that yard of pace back? It's hard to tell from highlights, of course. Yeah, I mean, as I say, because we're in the south stand and in the first half they attacked the north stand, it was actually quite difficult to determine. It wasn't until I watched the highlights back that I saw flashes of the old Kirby Kerr partnership starting to develop again. Um, and there's there's two matches in a row now where she has made an incredible tackle in her own penalty box. So she's sort of her box-to-box uh, fitness is definitely there and, and her ability to win the ball back in her own half as demonstrated by the second goal um, is, is is still there. I think it'll come. It'll come. It's Frank Kirby. But I'll be surprised if she does play a full 90 minutes at all this season because Emma's priority is to keep her on the pitch for as long as possible. If that's 60 minutes every week, I think we'll all take 60 minutes of Fran every week rather than 90 minutes every now and again. So... Yeah, Rich, just sort of, obviously it's standing in the same place, uh, Sophie, for the game. But, you know, I was concerned that maybe we'd lost, you know, the, the top level Fran. But do you think that's going to come back this season? I think it will, based on that game. Um, yeah, it had. I guess the season had started slow for her, but you know, she hasn't. She hadn't been. She hadn't played in a match uh, before the Spurs game, the first game of the season, like a competitive match, which since February um, in the Conti Cup semi-finals when she got injured. So it's it's been a long old time, and obviously you've got to, she's got to get used to you know being back out on the pitch and um, getting match fitness. But yeah, she the two shots she had against the crossbar were reminiscent of the old Frank Kirby, um, which is good to see. 
And yeah, Sophie said, we've just got to manage our minutes. And I'm pretty sure that's at the forefront of Emma's mind. Uh, we've got enough squad depth this season to not have to rely on Kirby playing 90 minutes every single week. So um, yeah, I, I think she'll be, uh, she'll be back to form this season. I also think when she went off, we lost a little bit of the control of the game for about 10, 15 minutes until we readjusted to the new way when the subs came on. And I thought that was really obvious how much she was probably impacting the game. Wasn't as obvious when she was off the pitch as when she was, sorry, when it wasn't as obvious when she was on the pitch as when she was off the pitch. Yeah, that is always you know, a telltale sign, I think, when, when someone goes off and it, the whole structure seems to collapse, maybe. Uh, you realise the importance of that, you know, that one player. Um, now, if you if you're writing a football script and you've got to equalise, the, the, when you're going to write that in is on half time. Uh, it is the perfect time to score. Uh, and it was excellent work by Jess Carter on the left after a you know, bit of a long pass from Frank Kirby. Uh, beats her defender and gets a great cross in. And, and Sophie, I, I love goals like this where the midfielder makes that late run and gets ahead on it. It was a fantastic finish. And I think I think those midfielders will find the space this season. And I think they were to a degree last season because defenders are going to mark Sam Kerr. And if you're marking Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby and or Lauren James and or Guru Wrighton, then there's going to be space somewhere for players to, to charge into. Aaron Cuthbert did it against West Ham and uh, Nuskin did it against um, on, on San- Sunday. So yeah, it's 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 great to see, and it's it shows that football intelligence that they know the space is there, and they're using their football intelligence to to create that space and, and find find the goals, and and also I mean the the, the work from just Carter on the, on that side. I mean that's a foot that's a centre back that did that, um, and along with Neve Charles, I think she's been fantastic this season. I really do. Yeah, that that left back experience that Jess has got uh, paying off there uh, on the left wing. Uh, Rich, you know, a bit sort of Lampard, a bit sort of Steven Gerrard, that midfielder making that run in that space. And so we haven't had really for Chelsea in the last couple of seasons, you know, the midfielders tend to sit a bit deeper, but Nuskin seems to have broken the mould of the type of midfielder that we've got. And, uh, her and Erin looked great last the week before against West Ham. And again, Nuskin carrying on this performance against Brighton. I was going to say Frank Lampard before you uh, said his name. Um, which is it's very interesting because when we uh, signed her, um, obviously I knew she'd played all of last season at Eintracht Frankfurt as a centre-back and she played it uh, for Germany as a centre-back. But when we signed her, Emma said, no, she's going to play as a midfielder because that's where she was before and that's also where she prefers to play. Now, the type of midfielder we thought we were signing was more of a, um, I guess, the comparisons that I sort of listen when I was listening to uh, um, a profile about Nishkin was it was she was going to be more like sort of maybe like a Kira Walsh type player like someone who was a little more of a deep line playmaker uh, to sit next to Erin um, it you know uh, potentially sort of going down the line but I mean yeah that the first goal and certainly the third one were very reminiscent of Frank Lampard goals um, we saw so many times um, down the years Um but yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, as you say, I really like those um, midfielders crashing into the box late uh, to finish on to the end of moves because they're so difficult to pick up. Um, I don't know why more midfielders don't do it, to be honest, but, you know. I think they're told to pass these days, aren't they, to get the uh, XG up. Um, and then the second goal, obviously, coming out of the second half, uh, 
you know, rejuvenated by equalising Sophie. Yeah, the second one is is similar again because you know it's uh, Perisse gets the ball. There's one where Kirby gets wins a tackle, isn't it? No, was that the third one? No, it's JRK gets the ball. So Kirby wins the tackle, passes to JRK. Yeah, sorry, JRK runs with it, passes it to Sam. Sam crosses it. Yeah, so I've got the wrong name done. That's why you don't watch uh, highlights. But yeah. that again, you know, Nuskin, the furthest forward player, uh, getting onto that Sam Kerr pass. And if, if them two can get a partnership going, like sort of we mentioned Lampard, Lampard and Drogba, the amount of goals they scored together and assisted each other. Yeah, two assists for Kerr, I think, one for, for Nuskin, three goals for Nuskin. Yeah, that's very encouraging for Chelsea, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just think it says so much about Sam Kerr as well, the fact that she could have shot at that opportunity and she didn't. She she knew Nuskins was in a better place and the goal's more important than her getting the goal. So she made the pass. And I just think that says so much about Sam Kerr. But yeah, if they can build a partnership, if Nuskin can build a partnership with the other players around her, um and this is what Emma says, isn't it? Is is her training is all about finding those 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 pairings and those combinations that work best. Um it'll be yeah really exciting to watch. And if we've got a midfielder running in from uh, running in to score goals, then suddenly that's something else that the defenders of the opposition have to think about, and they can't quite as heavily mark Kerr, Kirby, James, whoever's playing up front, which means that they're going to create a little bit more space for themselves as well. So, yeah, it's all it's all positive, really. Yeah, I mean, Rich again, it's another you know great midfielder's goal, isn't it, to make that run to know where the yeah. space is, uh, and Brighton just couldn't handle that. And you know, as as we said before, you know, it's something we haven't really seen from Chelsea. Over the past couple of seasons, it's been a reliance on on Sam. If she can't make something happen, then then nothing does. But feels like we can spread the goals out a lot more this year. Yeah, it definitely does. And that second goal in particular was a great move. And um, Yatna's pass through to Sam really makes that goal. I think um, it was really well weighted, and uh, she seems to like playing against Brighton. Um, she's had really good impact every single time she's played them. So maybe we found the Brighton antidote there. Um, and yeah, it was again like she's in so much space, and um, you know she times her run really well. And you know, as Sophie says, you've got to pay so much attention to the likes of Sam, the likes of Fran, um, and even yeah, even the wider players that you know, if you, if you can't stop them all, like especially with Shuka's coming from deep and like that, and yeah, just a very nice left footed finish, um, yeah. Good end to a really well worked goal. Yeah, do you think that half time sub Sophie sort of allowed this sort of goal to happen with with Johanna coming on? What sort of change for Chelsea in that start of the second half? Yeah, definitely. In the first half, I kept saying to uh, to the people I go to go to the games with, there's a big guru shaped hole in the top left hand side of the pitch, um, and the move to a four four two. Um, filled that space and JRK made as made as much of that as she possibly could. She was always running off the fullback into that space, finding the space. She got a couple of shots off. She made that pass. She made a couple of other sort of like crosses into the box. She was absolutely great in that in the space until Brighton started to work it out and closed it off a little bit. But yeah, now with with Guru out for a while, if we do stick to wing backs, there's not necessarily that that obvious place for her. But if we do use Fullbacks and wingers, then there's definitely that place for her in the team. Yeah, interesting. She started the season as a wing back that that didn't really work, 
uh, wasn't brought on against City when we needed a winger. Uh, gets a chance today and obviously has done very well. Uh, you know, a player I like, I just think she needs to go you know, up those goals and assists, really. She's going to make being about on the team. Uh, Rich, I'll let you describe the third goal because I've mixed them up in my head. <laughs> no worries. So, um, from what I remember of it, because it, it kind of ended up a bit, um, I guess I guess the finish was a little bit scrappy in the end, and it was originally awarded as an own goal, um, which um, we all thought obviously at the, the um, at the time that she'd scored the hat trick, and then when we were looking on the train home, um, it said that it was an own goal, um, but then it's I think it's since been corrected, and they've given her back the hat trick now, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think it was another one of those moves where we um, we sustained an attack, and I think she even had a shot earlier in the move that was blocked. And then I think it eventually goes out wide. And I think Sammy puts the cross in again. I think she got a second assist. Yeah, she put in the cross. And then, yeah, as I said, it's a, it's a kind of another Lampard-esque finish where you should, just in the box to sweep it home. And um, yeah, completed the hat-trick. The perfect hat-trick. Um, header, left foot, right foot. You know, um, very, yeah. It was it, That finish was a little bit scruffy, but it was... Um, sort of evidence of well, it was it was kind of a microcosm of the game. We we had a lot of attacks on goal, we had a lot of shots, we were sustaining pressure pretty well, and you know that's the end result of it. They just I don't think Brighton could cope with the amount of attacking players that we had and the the spaces that they were filling in the end. Yeah, I suppose so. We should expand a bit more on Muskin's performance. Um, you know, I watched uh, the opening game against Tottenham. Thought she she did pretty well for it for a debut. Uh, then she was obviously left out uh, by Emma, and I was a bit worried that Emma was going to do that thing she does where she takes her time with these players, especially because of her age. Um, but after this performance, it feels inevitable that she's going to be, you know, on the team sheet. You would think, is <laughs> <laughs> Emma we're talking about? I mean, I, I, personally, I think the way Melanie Leopold's and Erin Cuthbert have played up to. Uh, the Brighton game, especially in the West Ham game, they would actually be my starting two midfielders because I think, especially in the West Ham game, they absolutely, when Aaron came on, they absolutely dominated that midfield and ran it. But Nuskins is definitely in the picture and is definitely there as a an option to come off the bench if you need sort of uh, an attacking uh, midfielder to come on and, and, and score a goal. Um, I can see her starting equally, but um, at the moment, as I say, for the way they have played, Cuthbert and Liverpool would actually be my 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 starting two midfielders. Yeah, well, I, I love the West Ham when she came on with her and didn't she at West Ham and they played sort of that three together. And I always think the three midfields, you know, the best you can you can have because you don't get overloaded and you can create overload yourself. Uh, and Rich, like, as Sophie said, Liverpool's and, and Cuthbert, both excellent. You know, would you be looking if you was Emma Hayes four or three or sticking with sort of a, a, a double partnership? I think it's dependent on the opponent. Um, I think in most games you'd be looking to play two because then you can get four of our more attacking players. This is obviously if she decides to play a black four or not. Um, uh, you can, you can most of the time, you, you, I think we should be able to play with two. And I thought that um, Cuthbert and Nuskin's skills would kind of um, be sort of the perfect pivot together. But then you've also got Melly's. Yeah, I think she started the season sort of reasonably well as well. Um, and then you've obviously got Sophie as more of a, um, I guess she's actually, I think Sophie might have started every game this season so far. Um, 
but I do think at some point she will become potentially more of a rotation option. Um, yeah, I think it's dependent on the, the opponent, really. I think in games where you're expected to win at home, I think we should, we can play get away with playing two. Um, in games, maybe sort of the, the trickier, harder away games, we then sort of look towards playing the three because then, as you say, we can, you know, we can try to control the midfield and then we should have enough going forward, you know, on counter-attacks to... Um, open up those sorts of teams but yeah it's the boring answer is it's depending on the opposition do the old Alex Ferguson where he used to play Park uh, in midfield in Champions League games played yeah one uh, that old one uh, Sophie your, your namesake Sophie Ingle has had a bit of stick this season but um, she must have had you know a good game anchoring that midfield to allow Nuskin you know the freedom to roam and get on the end of these attacks in the game, how did she do? In your opinion, um, I didn't notice her. Which, as a defensive midfielder, I think is always a good thing. If you don't notice a defensive midfielder, it means they're doing their job well, doesn't it? Um, I think she was better than she has been in previous games. Definitely, um, she seemed to be not quite as mobile, as in she wasn't pushing forward as much. She was sitting a little bit more, and whether that improved her performance, um, I don't know. But yeah, she was definitely better than she has been. Um, she's one of those players that always confounds you. You always think that she's going to tire and have to retire and then she comes back stronger and better than ever before. So um, see what happens for the rest of the season. But the other thing to think about in, in midfield is Emma seems to be like playing Kankovic uh, or Chankovic, sorry, in that in that deeper lying role. So is that something that we might see more of against teams that sit back and just just block the the penalty box is is put that creative player in that in that deep line midfield role, which she did with G a few years when G was there a few times. So I think that's another interesting thing to look out for. Yeah, Richard Benkagovic coming on in the fifty sixth minute, um, playing in that in that pivot. She did it was it against City and it didn't really work. Um, in that deep role, maybe because of the way City had to put all their players at the back uh, didn't help, but. How was her performance off off the off the bench? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, and yeah, she was playing the the deeper line role, and it's something I think that we may see more of this season. I think last season when she came on, she was usually playing as more of the ten. But um, I think when she signed, she said um, in the in, in interviews that I think she could play um, as a ten, as an eight, or as a six. It's it's just obviously depending on what. The manager wants, but she, I think she's comfortable playing all of those positions. And yeah, she's definitely she's definitely got something different compared to the other midfielders, at least that I can see at the moment. Um, you know, I was surprised that her performance against City wasn't better because I thought that's actually the sort of game that she'd be great for. She'd um, she'd be able to create chances from deep, but you know, uh, not a lot of players did play with the White Manchester City, um, so maybe I can. Uh, have let her get aware of that one, but yeah, definitely better. And um, a lot of the good sort of attacking moves always seem to sort of start with her. And I think, um, yeah, I was a big fan of her contribution last season. So I, yeah, I would, I do expect that she's going to play more and more uh, this season. And yeah, potentially more as a as a deeper player this season. Yeah, so what did you make of her? Because I'm a big fan of, of Chankovic, and you know, I think in games like you know these. That's where you sort of want that creative player, you know, getting the ball off the back four, back back four, and then you know making those passes forwards to the likes of Jesse Fleming and uh, you know Sam Kerr, who was on the pitch at the time. That sort of worked on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
she was definitely in and around the action, winning the ball or getting the ball and then then making the passes. Um, she always just seemed to be there, whether it was which position she was in, whether it was in the deep line position or whether she'd come a little bit further forward. She was always there to um, get the ball and do something with the ball. Be it, she, she was out wide quite a bit um, as well when we were sort of pushing towards the end of the middle of the second half. She was often the one linking the play between Perisette, JRK, and she was on that side doing linking in with them as well. So she was definitely busy buzzing around and, and making the most of her of her skills and her passing. Yeah, good to good to hear. Uh, now Chelsea had sort of two more chances from from the highlights, uh, both coming from Brighton goal kicks, which I know Emma Hayes will absolutely love uh, looking at those ones back in training this week. Uh, now the first one, Jesse Fleming puts over the bar from three yards out. Uh, not sure what she was doing. Uh, no, I don't think we can say anything about that. She should have scored. Uh, that was it. But uh, it happens again, and this time, you know, me official on for Sam Kerr. She puts the first pressure on. Uh, Cameron wins the ball. Got this right. Oh, I'm trying to remember um, exactly who wins the ball. I do remember. Um... Uh, Mia putting the pressure on. Um, yeah, sorry. The, yeah, the, the rest of the fourth goal um, evades me. I did look at the highlights yesterday, but I can't remember the, the next bit of the move. Um, I'll or it down is... as, yeah, I'll break it down as Cameron wins the ball. She gets it to, to Muskan, and then she, yeah. instead of shooting passes to Aggie Beaver Jones, yes. she puts the yeah. finish into the goal. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, Sophie, is a, a renowned Chelsea move. Good to see some of the new faces getting involved in that Chelsea action. Yeah, definitely. And great to see Aggie Beaver Jones scoring her first senior goal for the club. Um, it just shows that when Emma trusts you and you get the minutes, you're obviously good enough. And that confidence, because you've probably got confidence from hitting the, the save, the great save that Mackenzie Arnold pulled off against, against West Ham to then come on the pitch and... Um, and do that, and she she was there was other plays that she she she's deceptively quick, uh, which really surprised me. She never gives up on a ball, um, and she caused she caused, caused their defenders a lot of hassle because of that. So yeah, she definitely deserved that goal, and it's great to see. And hopefully, that's the first of many for the club. Yeah, she got quite a few minutes against West Ham where she was you know, very quick. When I was sort of watching her there, she came on with me official. Uh, Rich, did you play with her up front, or was she out wide? Um, I think that um, I think Aggie played, I guess, more on the left hand side. Like I think they were a bit split. Um, so definitely, definitely they were sort of in more advanced positions. Um, I think it was a potentially a bit of both if we sort of look back on it because um, Aggie definitely cuts inside. Um, I believe she's right footed. Um, the finish would certainly lead me to believe that, and the way she got into the box. Um. But I think she was, um, Aggie was more on the left-hand side. And I think JRK was still out on the right and Mia down the centre. But um, I think there were times where they were sort of more central. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess it, it was, it's, it's a bit fluid um, is what, what I want to say. Um, but yeah, I've, I thought Aggie came on sort of more towards the left-hand side Um or, was, or at least was playing in sort of a between position. I guess that's what, what I want to say. Um, I guess it's a little bit sort of difficult to describe. Um, yeah, I think I think I think it was a little bit of both. And what did you make of her performance for that sort of ten minutes she was on the pitch? Yeah, good. I mean, she was definitely putting uh, pressure 
um, on the Brighton uh, defenders. Um, and yeah, she she definitely has a lot of energy, as Sophie said. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, I've, I, uh, yeah, sort of equally. Yeah, um, she's she's fairly fast, and obviously she was she positioned herself well for the goal, uh, took the goal well. You know, great to see her off the mark, and um, she was one of the players coming into the season. I wasn't, um, I didn't know where the sort of the space in the squad was for her because the attacking positions are so deep. Um, we're deep in loads of them, but um, what this cat does do is it does allow us to rest Sam uh, quite a bit. Um, so, like, even when you know Mia's um, uh, potentially not playing. You know, Aggie came on last week. You know, she had that great shot, um, which Mackenzie Arnold saved. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, um, very good um, sort of cameo uh, performance from her. Yeah, I mean, Sophie, as, as Rich said, you know, where she was going to fit was a bit unknown. I think the loan spaces are full as well now, uh, domestically. So even in January, there's not a space for her to go out on loan. Perhaps that left-hand side, now that Wrighton's out injured, could be a place for her uh as a substitute coming on. Um, and I thought against West Ham, she looked she looked good, but she needed someone with her. Um, and having Fischl maybe as the, the focus and her playing off her suits her a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't know, coming through the academy, I think she was a, a number nine, but I think at Everton, she definitely played more on, on the wing. So I think she can, she can play both positions. I thought against West Ham, she actually sort of played that number nine position fairly well. Um, but she definitely looked... I wouldn't say better, but different coming in from from the side. Um, I mean, and to back up Rich's point, there was times where she was the player pressurising on the left-hand side of Brighton's defence, the opposite side of the pitch to where she was nominally playing. So she was definitely moving across and then Mia Fisher was sort of swapping around with her and JRK. So there was definitely a lot of fluidity there. Um, and I think what it does do is is having her around, it means that, if Guru's going to be injured, Fran, we're not playing all the time. It gives Lauren the chance to have a bit more of a break. Um, Mia Fischel, her, JRK coming on as a sub. And it just gives the the opposition uh, something different to think about because if you've got somebody as energetic as her and as speedy as JRK running at you when you're tired legs, it's going to create problems for a tired defence. So I just, I just think it's going to give us more options towards the end of games um, where we can just, yeah, make the defenders think about something a little bit different. Yeah, well, when we talk about what we're not going to talk about in part two, uh, I suppose this will come up again. Uh, the Rich 4-1, you know, a sort of perfect afternoon. It does get soured by the Brighton second goal because it is a mistake uh, from AKB. Uh, a sloppy pass, it lets Brighton in. I know I support the goalkeepers. There was chances where Chelsea could have got a tackle in after that. But you know the mistake does start uh, with her. Um, what did you make of her performance overall, though? Because you know she was back in goal for the first time uh, this season. Yeah, I think that the um, the shot stopping aspect, which I kind of sort of alluded to at the start, um, she was good at, at that. Um, so yeah, Bremer's chance in the first half when I think it was still one uh, nil uh, to Brighton. Uh, she she sort of tipped that round for a corner, and then I think there was a chance in the second half. I couldn't quite see you had the effort for Brighton, but I think she took that away again for another corner. Um, yeah, so up until that um, clearance or pass that um, she sort of slightly overhit, 
Um, I think she was doing well, but, you know, it seemed to be the weekend for Chelsea goalkeepers kicking out to the opposition. Uh, um, but luckily, uh, you know, we were already 4-1 up at that point. So in the end, it didn't cost us. But I guess that kind of evidences the... Um, uh, the, I guess the difficulty of the goalkeeping position because um, this is that kind of highlights again what Anne is possibly not as good at at, uh, at doing than Zachira and Hannah are, which is distribution. Uh, the pass was slightly over here, and yeah, I do think that potentially that could have been dealt with better by the defenders as well. But you know, it, again, it highlights the one thing that um, she, you know she's not particularly great at. Yeah, I mean. So she had those mistakes in her AKB, but you know, I thought last season we didn't see much of that at all. Uh, do you think that is a you know a side effect of not playing for the first three games of the season and then being put into the team that those old habits maybe start to come back and maybe the team has relaxed a bit because they were four one up. You know, it's not too much of a big deal. There's definitely an element of the team relaxing a bit, as Rich said. I think there were a couple of tackles that could be made and a couple of put through the balls and just get rid of it from the from the defenders. But they was trying to to play out, which is what I think Emma wants them to do more of this season. Um, what I will say about AKB, there are a couple of what I call typical AKB rushes to the rushes of blood to the head where she was sprinted out of her penalty box and possibly almost caused a couple of issues. So I think that whether that's because she's over keen to sort of prove herself or whether that's just AKB and we we accept it because of her shot stopping and we love her. But I thought there was a couple of instances, I say, where she rushed out from the penalty box that could have could have ended up being um, slightly a few issues. But um, yeah, as Rich said, it's or, or you, I can't remember now. Said it, it's the issues we've got with our goal is you've got somebody that's a great shot stopper but not so good on distribution. You've got somebody that's good at both, and you've got somebody that's excellent at distribution but not such a good shot stopper. And I guess it depends what you want from your team in the from your goalkeeper in each particular game. I also yeah. think that with Zachira, she was coming off a fantastic World Cup. Her confidence was probably in an all-time high. And if you're Emma, you want to build on that, don't you? You don't want to then say, sit her on the bench and, and lose all the confidence that she's got. So I think there's probably an element of that in why she started the first three games as well. Yeah, so we'll see Hannah start against Aston Villa. <laughs> uh, for absolute certainty now then. Um, so the last sort of thing I want to sort of touch on which is you know the dominant performance, and would you say this was the best of Chelsea so far this season? It certainly was from an attacking point of view. Um, I think both of the goals and the, I think the first twenty minutes of the first half defensively probably weren't good enough. And I, I think Emma alluded to in a press in a post match press conference uh, or post match interview, I should say, um, that you know she's they're still trying to work out the balance uh, between sort of going forward and, you know, creating chances and also being able to solidly defend well. Um, but definitely going forward, it definitely was the best um, performance of the season. Um, you know, once, you know, we equalised um, and the second half, you know, we, we were really on top. We were creating clear chances. We were finishing off the moves. Um, but yeah, so that point, from that point of view, I definitely said it would be the best performance of the season so far. Yeah, Sophie, would you agree with that? It's definitely our most Chelsea-like, shall we say, performance of the season so far. Um, in terms of the the transition between defence and attack, I think in the towards the end of the second half, completely understandable because she'd run her socks off. 
Neve Charles was very high up the pitch and they were knocking the ball in behind her. And there was a lot of space there because you didn't have those three centre-backs and she was struggling to get back a little bit. So I just think that's something we need to look out of if we're going to play four at the back with Neve as a, a full-back towards the end of games is, is the midfield pivots need to be aware of that possible hole and they need to maybe uh, to do something about that. But yeah, definitely our most Chelsea-like performance, as I say. Yeah, that's because I was not there. Um, as always is the case uh, with Chelsea, they do good things when I can't get there. Um, now, I didn't do a play of the match poll, as I said, because Niskan's got a hat-trick uh, and no one else is going to win it. Um, because Sam wins it when she scores one goal. So when you score three, uh, you've got to win play of the match polls. Uh, we're going to take our ad break now. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're not actually going to say it, but can Chelsea... Um, you know, then you can fill in the gap yourself. Uh, before we do that, a reminder that the next instalment of Kings Meadow Chronicle, your Chelsea FC Moon fanzine, will be available in time for the Aston Villa game. Uh, Kings Meadow Chronicle is written by the fans for the fans and gives you an unedited fan view of the goings on around Chelsea FC women. Writers include Sophie Spill, who's with us now, uh, Simon Kingman, Harry Edwards, Rebecca Grasby, and many others. Excellent writers. The best way to get your copy is via a subscription because these come in the post on launch day. Uh, these are now available for just £12 plus postage. Uh, that gives you the next six editions for the season. Uh, they're available at www.kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. Alternatively, issue seven will be available to buy in person at the Liverpool game. Uh, it will be the first time you can get your hands on that unless you get a subscription or buy it online. Uh, so my advice is to do either of those two things. And we will be right back. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates, follow online commentary, listen to the radio. Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Welcome back to Montemo Kings Meadow. Uh, right then, without actually saying it, um, can Chelsea blank? Uh, I said in the intro, Rich, there's a bit of a, a different vibe about the team this season. I'm getting you know, the impression of and the way they came back against Brighton you know, straight away. You know, they didn't let the goal affect them. They got back on the front foot. They just feel like there's a focus to this team that has not been missing in recent years. Obviously, we've won the league every time, but when you've won four in a row, you know, how do you better that? And then this is one way to do that. 
there seems to be everyone has brought into that focus. Um, what's your sort of thoughts on not saying it? Well, you're not going to say it, but I am going to say it. Chelsea can win the Conti Cup this season. Um, but yeah, um, as you say, like we've got we've got a lot of strength in depth um, in every position. Um, I guess the one thing that I was always looking towards at the um, at the start of the season was what would happen if Guru did get injured. And now we're kind of finding out the answer to that. It's a kind of a mixture of um, formation change. So we tried a back three and then in the second half, okay, we played a back four. And then it seems like it potentially could be Aggie as the person on the left-hand side, say potentially the backup. It's kind of a mixture of both. But that's really the only obvious um like sort of space that I had in my mind I think everywhere else is yeah really deep and got quality everywhere and I think there's enough you know fresh blood that we've signed over the summer which will push the other players I mean certainly we already talked about Eve Perisay and uh Ashley Lawrence um you know that's definitely going to be a hard battle um going on throughout the season and you know Chelsea should be better as a team for it yeah, I mean, what I've so I've been impressed with Sophie is you know the ability to change formation, uh, and we've seen it sort of last season in and out of possession. Chelsea seemed to sort of adapt to what they were doing. Yeah, but this you know seems you know you know a next level above that, where without making many changes or any changes, the whole system's changing. You know, from three four two one to four four twos and four two three ones, etc. Um, and that is because of the depth, and Emma hasn't got to make three changes to make that happen, and you know, that's what's sort of impressed me so far. I mean, it's known that Emma likes to sign players that are flexible and can play in numerous positions, and this is why, so that you don't, you can change formations, you can change the way you play, you can change the patterns of play without having to make three or four substitutions because the players on the pitch can play in numerous positions, um, and I think that's becoming. Apparent. Everyone assumed that, as I say, as as Rich said, that Nuskin was going to be a defensive midfielder, and suddenly she's a free-scoring number eight, uh, possibly even sometimes a number ten, which um, I don't think any of us expected, but is a really good bonus for us. Um, so yeah, it's the strength in depth is is ridiculous. Um, the one my one concern concern is Sam. Um, I think she's come back from the World Cup. Um, not fully fit, completely understandable, and probably very mentally fatigued as well. So I think Emma's doing the right thing in sort of reintroducing her gently, taking the pressure off of her and just letting her be Sam, uh, which I think is completely the right thing to do. Um, and if she continues to do that, then by Christmas time, I'm sure we'll have the, the Sam Kerr we know and love fully firing again um, and put then a fully fit Frank Kirby into the mix. And then a Kat Macario to come in when she's fit towards the end of the season, the business end of the season. And suddenly it's, whoa, mind-blowingly good. Um, so, and Guru coming back to full fitness. So, yeah, it, it's, it is scary. We've now, I think we've now got the midfield depth as well, where we can really change around our midfield and play different options midfield. We can play two pivot. We can play two box-to-box midfielders that swap. We can play a midfield three. We could even play a box midfield if we wanted to. Um, so I think we, we've got so many options. And if we don't know what Emma's going to do, then the opposition manager sure as hell aren't going to know what Emma's going to do. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, you mentioned Kerr there, and that's what I want to come on to. You know, we sold Beth in England in January last year, Rich, and 
Kirby, didn't have Kirby out injured as well. The whole of our attack rested on her shoulders. It felt at times if she couldn't do something, then no one else would. You know, we know Guru had a great year uh, in assisting her, uh, but it was on her shoulders. She had to fly you know, to Australia and back at, at times, then play for Chelsea. And as Sophie mentioned, now she hasn't got to have that pressure on her shoulders. She can rest. She can come into the team slowly, gradually, build her minutes up because she's got the official. She's got you know, Aggie Beaver-Jones. Both have scored goals this season. Uh, Macario, as we said, to come as well. That's what I sort of think about that different vibe that you used to know where Chelsea's danger was before, but now you, you don't. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, Macario is the, like, the one where we just, you know, because we haven't sort of seen her so far, I mean, that's another thing to, to add into the mix. But the yeah, the great thing, this season is we can rest Kerr. And I, I do think Emma didn't want to play Sam as much as she did last season. Um, I think if Fran hadn't got injured, that certainly would have been the case and she wouldn't have played as many 90 minutes as possible. But yeah, so far, I mean, I've I've been impressed with uh, Mia Fischel. Um, she she links up play really well with the um, with her teammates. Like almost immediately, that seems to be the case. She's, she's finding sort of combinations with with teammates around the box. Um, she seems to be strong. She seems to have um, sort of good technique in terms of holding the ball up. And, you know, she can finish as well, as, as she demonstrated against Spurs. Um, and, yeah, we've just got, you know, Fran and, and Kat and Guru Wrighton. And, yeah, the, there's so many options that... Um, and Lauren James, like, there's so many options. I'm, I'm forgetting, I'm just remembering people all the time here. Um, we've got so so much attacking depth that yeah it's it's going to be a big problem like game planning against us every single week because yeah as you said like we don't know what Emma's going to do each week we you know it seems like she can attack any team in any conceivable way with the players and the profiles of the players we've got yeah it's something doesn't it where I was just about to say we haven't even mentioned LJ and then you sort of brought her up there I mean the ability that player's got is just phenomenal and and if she doesn't have to play week in week out um and and the pressure's taken off of her a little bit because other people are stepping up then hopefully that'll free her up to to be the player we all know that she can be and yeah a fit Lauren James running at defenders and doing her magic is is not something that that defenders are going to want to face yeah and I was going to just sort of go on from that when once you get past that list of players when you're also added in goals from midfield from Niskan and, and Cuthbert so that's something we haven't had sort of before, I don't think. And that is another string to this team's bow that is different to the last couple of seasons. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Melly Leopold can score a, a banger, a worldie from outside the box for uh, for teams as well. I mean, she's done that for us for a few times, so we can't write her off as a, a goal scorer. Sophie Ingle has a worldie in her once a year as well. So we've definitely got midfield uh, goal options. Chankovic uh, scored a few, definitely assists a few. There's goals all over the pitch. I mean, you could argue that Millie Bright only scored one goal last season and the rest of the defenders didn't contribute. So you could argue our defenders aren't scoring as many goals as they, they could do. But when you've got all your midfielders and strikers and forwards scoring goals, you don't actually need your defenders to score goals. They just need to keep the goals out. So, um, yeah, if I'm a, if I if that's what I like my defenders to do. I like them to defend, not necessarily score or make passes. So. Yeah, and talking of the defence, Rich, um, do you think that that's you know, strong enough with the players we've got to 
you know, when we face these big teams of you know, City with eleven players, let's say, uh, United and Arsenal, that they're strong enough to, you know, to keep them at bay. I think it will be once Emma settles on a um, a personnel. Um, because at the moment we've been chopping and changing quite a lot with goalkeepers and with the back four slash five. Um, and once, you know, we've got something settled in, um, I think we will be sort of better defensively. And uh, I know this is something that she's mentioned in mentioned in the post-match interview that she had um, about, you know, uh, managing sort of the defensive side of the, of, um, the game better and, and against transitions. Um but yeah, I do think the talent's definitely there uh, defensively as well. Um, and also, you know, Millie's obviously the sort of the strong aerial presence um, of, of the centre-back, I guess it's sort of in the mould of John Terry. But uh, Jess Carter is, you know, a phenomenal covering centre-back. Um, the the reason we got ended up getting the point in the end against Manchester City was because, you know, she made a great challenge towards the end against uh, Chloe Kelly when she was in on goal. Um and yeah, um, you know, we've we've got um um Anique, um obviously as well as Kadisha as a centre back depth and then yeah, full backs it seems like it's now sort of two per position as well. Um I guess um if we're, if we're playing back four certainly. And then yeah, Marin as well, like um as an, sort of obviously another centre back option. I can't believe I it took me that long to mention Marin. Um, we can kind of do both uh, jobs at centre back and full back. Um, um, yeah, like Ashley and Neve potentially on the right hand side, and then you've got Neve Charles. He's obviously started the season great on on the left, and then some of you know Eve or uh, Ashley can play potentially on the left hand side. Yeah, again, um, there's definitely options, but I think once Emma settles on a back four, especially in the bigger bigger games. I think they'll definitely look better defensively. Um, it's just obviously, I think she's still working out what the best combination is with regards to the rest of the team. Yeah, and obviously, uh, just to touch on on Millie Bright as well. Sophie, you know, the captain now after Mad Direction's gone, but you know, we know she's a leader and she did it for England in, in the World Cup, and she's sort of you know like a duck to water with it for Chelsea as well. It hasn't affected her game at all. If anything, you know, she's even better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Millie's Millie, isn't she? she she's phenomenal. Um, she proved, uh, I think in the last couple of years, she's proved what all the Chelsea fans have been saying for a number of years, that she is England's best centre-back, arguably, as a defender. Um, I always think she's been a bit underrated by the rest of the rest of the um, England women's football community. Um, and I think she's just proved herself. And I think as a captain, she was phenomenal in, in Australia for England. And we know that she's got that in her, and I'm sure she'll be just as phenomenal in a very different way to how Magda captain, she will captain in her own way. She won't try and emulate or do the same things the way the Magda did. She'll do it in her own way, um, which is exactly what you want alongside the fact you've got what five other national captains in the, in the team now with um, Sam, Sophie, um, Maron, probably Jesse Fleming. Now Christine Sinclair's yes. retired. Yeah. Um, what's that? Four or five. Yeah, that's up to five. I mean, Guru's been known to captain Norway. So it's not just Millie that's having to lead. We've got a lot of other leaders on the pitch um, that can can step up if if necessary. Yeah, it's all pointing in the right direction. So I'll ask the question without asking the question. Um, can we? Can we? Can we do it, Rich? 
Unless yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, definitely you saw the start of the season. We've kind of, historically, we've played the two, I guess, the two bogey fixtures at the start of the season already, and we've come out of it on, well, I'd almost say unscathed. Manchester City was a bit, uh, um, you know, a bit concerning at times, but, you know, they've come out of that with a draw um, and then they've beaten Brighton. So, yes, they can. Yeah. Sophie? Can, but I don't think they will. Okay. I think the rest of the league is too strong. Well, we've only got a team that hasn't won all season next, uh, and we spoke about it now. Uh, so, when the inevitable happens, you know, don't don't come for me. Uh, I'll give you their Twitters. <laughs> uh, just quickly then, uh, before we go, Champions League uh, is back. Rich, Real Madrid, Hakan and, and Paris. Uh, what was your thoughts on the draw? Um, it's It could have been, I think, with the way the pots will work, our destiny was kind of already decided once uh, Barcelona and Lyon were kind of grouped together in groups A and B. It's just the way the draw is. Um, it was almost, it was basically at that point inevitable we play one of the Paris teams. Um, it's just that we now find out which one it is. Um, um, and then it also meant that we couldn't possibly play Rosengard. So that means that BK Harkin, uh, um, hopefully I've got that sweet, <laughs> that pronunciation correct. Um, it, it, it basically becomes sort of more than likely that was that was going to be the, sort of the result of the draw. But um, I do think Real Madrid are a better proposition than when we played them last season. Um, they are without, or will be without Caroline Weir. But I think until the weekend, when I think they lost to Levante at home, they had won every game up to that point. And, you know, they've got Linda Caicedo. We all saw at the World Cup and how, you know, how much of a great talent she is. Um, and, yeah, they seem to be building towards something where I think... Potentially, they could be challenging Barcelona for the the, the Liga F. Um, you know, maybe two, three years down the line. Um, obviously, Paris FC. The good thing with Paris FC now is we know they can't be underestimated because they've knocked out, you know, two of the semi finalists, one of the finalists from last season um, in the preliminary rounds. Um, they were magnificent against Wolfsburg. I watched the whole game and they were really, really good. They deserved that the, the second leg victory entirely. Um and it's it's good that we don't we can't possibly, you know, underestimate them. I don't think the team would have anyway, but you know, it's that kind of sort of highlights it. Um really. And yeah, uh BK Harkin, um I guess one of the potential uh maybe undersaid things is that um they play in Gothenburg. And we've got some ghosts to ex- exercise in that particular city. So um, overall, I think I'm happy with the group. Um, it could have been harder given some of the teams that are in the other pots, but you know it could have potentially been easier as well. But uh, overall, I'm happier. I think I'm happier than what we got last year. Put it that way. Yeah, Sophie, what was your thoughts of the draw? Some people saying it was you know a tough draw, but I always say that you know we are one of the top three. If- you know, teams in Europe, so we should be you know, pretty comfortable about whoever we're going to face in a group stage. And as you know, Emma will give the teams that respect they deserve because they deserve to be in this competition, unlike Manchester United. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it is fairly tough. I think 
if we can get, like we did against PSG last year, a good result in the first game Madrid away, then I think that will set us up for the rest of the group. And I think that's what happened with PSG last year. So if we can get a good result out there, then I think everything will become a little bit easier. Um, but it's not to say even if we don't get a good result, we can't go through. We should still go through. Um, but yeah, Paris FC definitely can't be underestimated. The, the idea of, of those games is going to be to limit the chaos, isn't it? Because that's what they are, they're chaos FC. Um, and we know Emma doesn't like that. So it'd be interesting to see how she how she limits that chaos, how she limits them on transition. Um, so yeah, interesting. I'm glad we get to play them at home first. And then the last game in the group is away at Paris, which I'm not going to say it, but I think that's probably the best team to be playing last away. Yeah, nice um, trip just before Valentine's. Any Chelsea fans out there want to sneak a trip into Paris? Um, well, I was looking today, Eurostar tickets are under 100 quid for those few days there and back. So, yeah, so yeah, there you go. There's some advice. Say so the prices are a bit bad on Valentine's, so we'll go two weeks earlier mm. and sneak a football match in. Uh, maybe say that bit on the train, then you've already gone. Uh, be my advice for that. Um, right, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, my thanks to uh, Rich. Thank you for joining us. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to uh, talk about the uh, the Shirkin Nuskin show um, <laughs> a bit further. Um, obviously, talking about the Champions League draw. But yeah, uh, good to join again. Yeah, pleasure to have you again. And always, Sophie, good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Really enjoyed it as always. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, remember, you can follow the show on Twitter. Uh, we don't call it X, uh, at Mo Kings Meadow. We're also on Instagram, at Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, you can follow me, at Dean Mears, Sophie, at Traveller74, and Rich, at Bates in the Place. Uh, now, remember those when we lose to Aston Villa. Uh, now, as we enter the international break, there are no, there's been no show next week, but we'll all be back the week after to discuss the Aston Villa League match. Uh, and a final reminder for our Patreon, if you love what we do and want to support the show, you can sign up to a Patreon season ticket for £5 a month and help the show continue producing content for you. Uh, head to www.patreon.com forward slash Wentzmo for that. Uh, thank you for listening and until next time from Kings Mellow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.